1985, a massive make-or-break event titled WrestleMania shot the WWF and its champion to the height of success. We are the Deep Geeks, and today, you're gonna let us tell you something, brother. Is that, is that it? Is that, is that, is that the catchphrase? We are the Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And this is the show where we look back at the works of Deke Entertainment and the trash that they made. Yes, the so-called wonderful world of Deke, as it Indeed, were. Indeed, the wonderful world of Deke. And today we are looking at Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. God, right, okay. <sighs> Okay, so um, we, okay. Let's let's just kind of cut the the crap here. We don't need to kind of explain to you Hulk Hogan, nor do we really need to explain to you his antics, shall we say? Uh, yes, I it's believe probably a, a, a probably a more jovial way of putting it. It's too jovial, in fact. But I mean. Mm. I mean, I believe within a day of this recording, he has gone on record calling um, hurricane victims who didn't lose their house but are complaining about not having power or water crybabies. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Old, old Terry has seen better days, for sure. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's definitely seen better days, but... um. I mean, I, I can only assume that he decided he needed to have something worse than his movie career on his record. Possible. Did he really need to bury Thunder in Paradise that much? Mess with him and you're messing with your life. <laughs> but anyway, rock and wrestling. Uh, well, no. First... Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> What do you remember as a child about Nout. Hulk Hogan? Nothing. So I'd, basically, wrestling for me. Okay, WWE. Let's talk WWE and WWF. Wrestling for me never really came into my life until much later on when I had pretty much my own control over what I wanted to watch. Right. Online and such. My pretty much first experience with the concept of wrestling probably came in the form of an advert for the more extreme wrestling types which isn't actual proper wrestling you know the kind of ones where they use like proper damaging weapons like fucking right so kind of and shit. this would be very much during the new metal era um this would be kind of ecw actually, i wouldn't i can't remember who it was i don't think it was any kind of big name i think it was just a local ish kind Ooh, of touring right. thing okay a touring um, because it was just in a, a random mag- advert in an anime magazine that I used to have. Huh. I don't know why it was there, but um, I distinctly remember it being this image of a man with quite a bloodied up head 
having some some kind of hook thing around his neck and the tagline at the top of the adverts being violence solves everything um and needless to say me nor my mother were particularly impressed with this advert <laughs> um and yeah that was kind of sort of well it wasn't my first experience with wrestling but it was like the first one i'd properly seen yeah uh, beforehand kind of... i probably would have it would be mainly seeing the action figures and toys and brief mentions of the matches and stuff from when I was visited my cousin's house because they were big WWF fans at the time. Right. And occasionally the video games, if I played them, I think I might have played one or two SmackDown vs. Raw games. Um, also the Argos catalogue. No. No? No. There's always a WWF well, I mean, section in the Argos catalogue. Of course, yes, but I don't remember it. But yeah, like the first proper experience actually... Watching it would be way, way later on, kind of 2015, 2016, when I decided to just randomly watch one of the uh, Monday Night Raws, which I watched, thoroughly enjoyed, and then didn't touch wrestling again for ages, saying I was going to watch it and get into it, but never actually bothering. I mean, I think I bought two WrestleMania DVDs as well, which I didn't, have still not touched. I think they're still in my room somewhere. I really need to get on those. Yeah, it's just the effort of getting through it. Yeah, they're really fucking long. Um, Especially WrestleManias. I mean, at this point, they're like nine hours a time. Yeah. Uh, Later on, I also tried watching a bit of the SummerSlam 2016, which was... Right. It was all right. Um, And then recently this year, I checked out uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Sakura Genesis. 2017, which was absolutely phenomenal and pretty much the best thing I've seen to come out of professional wrestling that was far more entertaining than what WWE had. So I've kind of gone to them for the most part now for my wrestling fix. It's mostly unrelated, yes, but I mean, you know, I just kind of find them a bit more entertaining. They do, they have more interesting characters, like Ricochet, who fucking bounces off everything. And a literal comedy guy called Toriano, who's amazing. But yeah, that's pretty much my wrestling backstory. <laughs> my 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 uh, history with it. As yeah, it yeah, fair enough. Uh, as for the Hulkster himself, I don't know. I guess I've seen a lot of offhand mentions of him and stuff, and well, he was aware a- of his "oh brother" kind of uh, stereotype <laughs> a lot because it's the internet, yeah. and of course they're going to be into that. And of course, his uh, real American theme tune as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was Macho a man Randy Savage. He was a big pop culture icon for many years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the fact that he's basically been erased from WWE is fascinating because it completely erases their history. <laughs> It's astonishing. It does take out a rather sizable chunk of their history. At least we still have Paul Bearer. (laughs) He's the important one. Absolutely. The linchpin that holds the franchise together. He goes, everything goes. WWE is over the moment that Paul Bearer is removed from the Hall of Fame. Is he in the Hall of Fame? I can't remember. I I doubt it, but... uh, Someone in... I I bet he is, actually. um, Possibly. He was a very... Well loved figure, possibly as an aside. The to dude the himself was a fucking lovely dude. the The guy behind Paul Bearer <laughs> was absolutely lovely. There's loads of stories out there about just how nice he is, <laughs> which is great considering the character he played. Well, I mean, he's a he is the clown sidekick yeah. to the Undertaker, and 
you need he that had sometime. the perfect voice let's be honest his voice is the best thing it's weird falsetto <laughs> yeah. oh my undertaker let's see oh. myself what was my okay the only real um early experience of hulk hogan that i can think of would be the demo to the Amiga version of the video game for Suburban Commando. Blimey. <laughs> that is incredibly specific. Yeah, that's... that's Suburban Commando? Why was he in Suburban Commando? That's uh, not a... Is that a Yeah, Hulk? it's a Hulk Hogan movie. It's okay. a Hulk Hogan movie where he is an like alien a... who ends up looking after a bunch of human kids. <laughs> of course. I mean, that name honestly sounds like an Ikari Warriors knockoff. <laughs> Suburban Commando. No, it's more... I guess you'd have films with titles like Urban Commando. And then you can parody that with Suburban Commando. Mm. He's out in the sticks. Well, no, that's not the sticks. (laughs) He's out in the burbs. The burbs, that's the the one. Uh, So, yeah, uh, aside from that, I mean, he's just this guy that was there for the longest time. As for wrestling itself, all my friends were into it, but I was never into it. So I've sat in pubs numerous times whilst all my friends talk about wrestling and I just have no idea (laughs) of what they're going on about. Uh, To be honest, I think one of my favourite things about wrestling is even though there's kind of like this continuous story like between every big event and stuff that's like, well, like continuous fights and events and stuff that lead up to the big event and stuff. The whole soap opera of it. Yeah. I like the fact that you can jump in at any random point regardless and pretty yes. much get what's going on because there's always a reference to little yeah, like subplots that are happening within each episode. Well, you sense. have to remember that these start as a touring thing. Mm. So whilst you would have the people who followed... Well, I mean, that's the who, Monday Night Raws and who stuff, followed the, You always had the people who followed the storylines, but the a huge amount of the audience were just people who would go for the, the one-off spectacle. So it has to be accessible both to people who have only seen... who are only going to see this one show potentially ever, and also the people who intricately follow all of the wrestlers and the connections between the wrestlers and so on. And mm. that's something that's lived to this day. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Come for the fight, stay for the soap. Well, I guess that's that. We should probably get into the history. Indeed, indeed. When wrestling manager Lou Albano appeared in Cindy Lauper's video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, it led to a series of events that ushered in the rock and roll era of WWF pro wrestling. Seeking a younger audience, Vix McMahon sought to tie in his recently inherited wrestling franchise with rock music and pop culture, and populated it with increasingly cartoonish figures vying for domination. And at the top of the pile was the franchise's ultimate face, the blonde, all-American superstar, Hulk Hogan. After McMahon bet the entire franchise on the costly but hugely successful WrestleMania in 1985, the WWF became an incredibly lucrative franchise. This led the way to a massive explosion of franchising deals and licensing agreements that included Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, a deep created animated series focusing not only upon Hulk Hogan himself, but on the animated antics of an entire stable of wrestling's biggest stars of the time. The concept was simple. 
a group of good guys, or faces, led by Hulk Hogan, would go on simple cartoon adventures whilst being antagonised by the bad guys, or heels, led by Rowdy Roddy Piper. The slow production time on the show, however, would lead to oddities and anachronisms. Whilst Jimmy Snooker and Wendy Richter's likenesses were used throughout the series, both had already left the WWE franchise in mid-1985. The show was also unable to keep up with the various face-heel turns and vice versa of its unusually large cast of characters. The show was later made available on the WWE Network for a short period in 2015, until a combined sex tape and racism scandal ultimately led to WWE ending their contract with Hogan and erasing him from their archives. So yes, that was uh, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, this it was a thing. The, there's not much to these cartoons. No, I mean, let's, let's, again, just cut the bullshit here, right? It's basically just Cadillac Cats again. Yeah, it is. It's very much from the Hanna-Barbera school of mm, cartoons, mm. in which it is more about just stock characters getting into antics yeah yeah for 15 minutes to half an hour depending on whether it's a double or single episode for the uh, time slot Mm -hmm. and it lives or dies depending on its characters and they're not good characterizations no i'm definitely gonna say this is a die yeah. Honestly, I'm going to pin this main downfall on the fact that the characters aren't played by themselves. Oh, I disagree. I would say this was down to the fact that uh, there is too much focus on the faces. Because, of course, you're supposed to be cheering for the faces. You're supposed to be with these Oh, people. right. Faces is in wrestling term. Sorry, I totally thought you meant the faces in the actual animation. Those are all which also are... terrible. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But WWF's faces of this time, as much as some of them are extremely interesting, Andre the Giant, for example, they're not played for anything in this. They are all just goody-goody people. Yeah. Given very little of... character trait other than the fact that they are the good guys. None of the kind of, say, like, backstory or kind of character building that would have went on in the actual wrestling itself, none of that is here. Yeah. They are just played straight as good characters. And then also you have the fact that the characters aren't played by the real people themselves. Well, that, yeah, yeah. Which kind of adds insult it, well, to injury. Well, that's just kind of weird. It, it adds insult to injury, I think. Uh, whereas, I mean, it's a bit better when it focuses on the heels. Because the heels are already cartoonish villain characters. Mm. And therefore translate brilliantly to uh, cartoons. In fact, honestly, just a cartoon that, where it's just the heels getting into trouble would Although, be great. having said that, they are also racial stereotypes. That's too. It's racial and national stereotypes. Thanks, 80s. Yeah, that's wrestling in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. The all-American blonde versus the rest of the world. Oh, God, that sounds like now. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, I mean, yeah. like, one of the first thoughts that we had when we started watching this was we just kind of wished it was a wacky races knockoff yeah they have cars for some reason there's a lot of focus on their cars i can only assume they were selling toys of their cars 
That would make sense. In a sense. But they I, they use them for a race once, and then aside from that, they're, they're just occasionally driving around in these very distinct car designs. Yeah, that it is weirdly specific, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, I would have been all for a proto WWE crash time yeah. that was a knockoff of Wacky Races. That, that would be a genuinely interesting. Just like fun car although, designs and traps and stuff yeah, although, based on their moves and things. But it, it tries that once and it only manages to get kind of two traps in before fizzling out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are total knockoffs of Wacky Races traps. Just straight out of the Wacky Races playbook. Also, there's an episode uh, that samples Ghostbusters and knock- has a knockoff Slimer, but is blatantly a Scooby-Doo plot. Yeah, that was also very strange as well. I think definitely a problem with this show is that it's not sure what it wants to be. It has the base concept that it has all these wrestlers that are well-loved and known and well, in regards to the heels, well-hated. Um, but it's like, okay, it doesn't go we, have all these, we have all these wrestlers, what do we do with them? Um, we could make them race cars? We could have them recreate a robot servant that runs on cassette tapes. We could have them have a haunted house scenario. I have to say, the stuff in the junkyard with Junkyard Dog was the most Cadillac Cats bit Yeah, of it. that was very... It feels like rejected Cadillac Cats scripts. Mm, mm. Uh, no. Just no to all of this. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so strange. I mean, as they say, like, I'm going to keep pushing this because it's definitely the thing that boggles me over the most with the fact that it doesn't use the real characters for the voice actors, especially because the intro would imply this because it shows all these real-life shots of Hulk in the, getting into the ring and like stuff like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, pumped up to, to properly see this. I can't wait for this wrestling cartoon with all my favourite stars in it. Yeah. And you have, like, these little clips at the start and in yeah. between the cartoons. live-action skits. Very badly improvised live-action skits, but live-action skits nonetheless. <laughs> Some of them feeling like they are um, adverts from the 50s as well. <laughs> Very bizarre. But We are talking sub-glow level advertising yeah, skits. Yeah, for sure. Not advertising skits, just skits. Mm-hmm. Although the whole thing is an advert for WWF wrestling, so... But no, um, it's you're right about the uh, the voice acting. Uh, shall we look into the voice actors? Because this has a very eccentric and very long but, list but, but, of characters. Just, just stop right there, right? Top of the line, right? The person who voices Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, who you know as having this deep, brooding, ooh yeah, brother kind of voice, yeah? Who guess who is his bro- voice by? Fucking Brad Garrett of Everybody Loves Raymond fame. I mean, to be fair, he does have a deep voice, just not he deep have in the Hoganish voice. He just though. doesn't have a gruff voice. It's it's the most. It's such a ridiculous choice. I just. Although, did you also notice that nowhere in the script does Hulk Hogan say brother? No, he uses dude. 
I don't know whether the brother thing had been established at this point or, or not. Although the fact that it's just how Terry Belia talks. The fact that... Fucking hell. The fact that Hulk Hogan does not sound like Hulk Hogan and does not speak like Hulk Hogan just breaks it. Speaking of people who don't sound anything like their live-action counterpart, Rowdy Roddy Piper. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I think I would have noticed if Rowdy Roddy Piper sounds like uh, he does in this because it is the it is a very generic um, douchey uh, villain voice. Yeah, it does feel a bit like the voice direction for the uh, given actors wasn't try to sound like this popular wrestler, but okay, here's how this popular wrestler kind of sounds. Try and imitate that feel. The feel, yeah. Yeah. The feel of being the heel rather than the uh, the actual wrestler. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, he's voiced by Charlie Adler. Yeah. Charlie Adler is most well known as being the voice of Buster Bunny in Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah. Charlie Adler is a voice acting legend. And they gave him Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, yeah, it's a good role, but I'm not sure it was suited. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got a list of the characters here, but a lot of them I'm not quite sure who they were. I think Jimmy Superfly Snooker is a uh, a face. We we don't know eighties wrestling. Someone no. who knows eighties wrestling, please get in touch and correct us. Um, I did actually get in contact with a uh, guy who knows wrestling uh, from a wrestling podcast called Wrestling on Air. <laughs> And the only advice they gave me was that Hulk Hogan is an arsehole and has always, always has been. Well, yeah, we knew that. Yeah, we knew that. Um, But yeah, Jimmy Superfly Snooker is played by Louis Arquette, who has nothing but a long history of minor roles. Junkyard Dog. <laughs> yes, this is the other <laughs> one that I went... That I fucking flipped my shit over. Junkyard Dog is very noticeably voiced by James Avery, who is Uncle Phil from... <laughs> Uncle fucking Phil is Junkyard Dog. And, of course, Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Which is uh, in- increasingly um, made more interesting by the fact that another wrestler that I'm still not sure if we saw or whether they actually spoke in any of the episodes we saw, uh, Hillbilly Jim, is voiced by Pat Fraley, who was the voice of Kang in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> How does it go from this to something as well-loved as the Turtles cartoon? Uh, well, this is jobbing. This is what it comes yeah, down to. True. This is one of the points at which you just continue doing roles until you get something that's noted. Um, I mean, but the uh, Wendy Richter uh, was played by Jodie Carlisle, uh, who uh, would later become the voice of Marianne Thornbury from The Wild Thornberrys. Fuck me. Wild Thornberrys was great. Yeah. I have good memories of that show. That was, a, that was an interesting show. That was very cool. You want to look at the list? I'm looking at the list because I don't... There's some fascinating stuff on here, like um, the fact that uh, the guy who voiced Captain Lou Albano, who, of course, would later... The actual Lou Albano would later voice uh, Mario in the Mario Brothers Mm. Super Show. Regrettably. Um, Regrettably. Or at least play in live action. I can't remember if he voiced He he voiced them as well, He voiced... Did they continue voicing them for the other two series? I don't know. 
no idea. We've got that to look forward to. Um, <laughs> regardless, the guy who voiced him, Char- uh, George Di- uh, George Dicenzo, uh, is uh, Marty's grandfather who hits him with his car in 1955 in Back to the Future. That's a very weird link. It's a very strange link. Um, I mean, there's not really well uh, many interesting others, I mean, to be quite Okay, fair. I do insist on mentioning a couple of these because they are weird. For example, Ron Gans, who uh, voices Nikolai Volkov, who is the generic Russian bad guy, mid-80s, obviously, voiced Eeyore in the 1983 live-action Winnie the Pooh Welcome to Pooh Corner series, uh, which I have seen on YouTube and looks terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, I mean, there's not really much uh, well, kind of going on. No, I mean, T- Joey Santana... Uh, sorry, Tito Santana as voice actor Joey Pento did appear as police sergeants in both the movies Throw Mama from the Train and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, but that's more just interesting than yeah, I mean, notable. I'd say the two other notable ones we've got on this list here is um, Aaron Kinsade of Kincaid, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, voiced the Iron Sheik in this, um, went on to play Killer Croc in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Which is a very, very cool little uh, upgrade, that, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. That's a great show. And um, then you've just got ones who were um, just continued doing lots and lots of voice work, like uh, Ron Feinberg, who did Andre the Giant, and... Neil Ross. Neil Ross. Who uh, played Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, who voices Mean Gene whenever he turns up. Um, and uh, he kind of went on to do... Fucking everything. Well, I mean, he has he... a great announcer voice, which is why he was Mean Gene. Yeah. But that led to him uh, doing lots and lots of announcer work. For example, in Back to the Future 2, yet another Back to the Future link, uh, he uh, narrates the museum. Right. And um, aside from that, he's the voice of the codexes in Mass Effect. They're the big in-game encyclopedias of the lore. Right, right, right. And also, he was two different voices in the pilot for Bubs. <laughs> yeah, that's... That was, um... I, I don't know whether to call that an upgrade or a downgrade. Um, I think Let's that's, just call it a grade. Yeah, that's jobbing. Yeah. That's just downright jobbing. Um... So, yeah, there's uh, a lot of interesting characters and voice work going on. Yeah, there's on a lot this. of characters and very little else. And the characters just aren't accentuated. They are basically working on the idea that you already know these characters from pro wrestling, so therefore they don't actually have to give them much characterization. I mean, it's, it is literally just their base form before you add any of the character building that came in the form of like their time on WWF, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the... It's the mould. Yeah. And very little else. If anything, it's just kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because this could have been great. This had a lot of potential for what it is. Well, how would you fix it? Well, first starters make the character be actually the real character being voice acted. Uh, That's kind of expensive. That's not in the deep wheelhouse. Well, yes, but you're saying how am I? How would I improve this show? Well, so that's in fair, the that's London fair. metaphorical improvements, I can do anything. Yeah, go so on. So my first job is to actually make them the real voice actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably hire better writers so that they have something to do, some kind of clear plot line that has something going on. I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you what. How there's I... a lot of fun 
So no, like you could put them in a D&D style game. Imagine that. Imagine wrestlers playing themselves because their egos are too big in a D&D style game. Working to overthrow the heels or something like... And then, like, as a follow-up part two episode, you could have the heels playing a D&D game working to overthrow the faces, you know? Okay, like, there's a lot of, um... There's a I... lot of room for just wacky cartoons that would work really well saying, with the characters. Saying that, I would suggest that the... that um... IDW get on that. However, they have literally just um, started or are about to publish a Gem and the Holograms comic that is that exact premise. Fuck. Oh, God. I'm so glad Gem and the Holograms is coming back. Yeah. That needs to come back. That, that was such a fucking good comic. Yeah. God. Uh, I do like this. They are doing a lot of very silly spin-offs of it, which is possibly the best way to do it at this point. IDW is definitely, like, one of the least appreciated comic like publishers of this age. They're just really cool. 80s franchises forever. <laughs> Kid-friendly, but fun as heck. I mean, like, some of those, like, transgender Transformers in one of the oh, issues. yes, that's the, um, that was, more than meets the eye. Something like that, uh, I don't know. Those which are, became Last Light. It was really cool, just to see that frame, yeah. like... To be honest, I don't know if IDW have the WWE license. Someone has the WWE license. Probably not IDW, no, but no. I mean, it would be interesting to see some kind of goofy comic or yeah. cartoon involving the wrestlers getting yeah, into but, antics. But this isn't it. No. I'll tell you how it. I would fix it. Go on. Focus on one or two characters at a time. Hmm. Because you're often trying to keep track of around oh. 10 different people. So, oh god, you could just style like style it like normal wrestling. You could just have oh, all yeah. these subplots building hold on, up, hold on, up hold... and up to a season finale. Which that is like would be very length. cool. Here's a th- that's something we haven't mentioned. This wrestling show about wrestlers contains zero wrestling. That's a good point. It really doesn't. <laughs> You don't even do any of the kind of moves to... No, like, there's no wrestling Oh, involved. there's a door in my way. Better do this move. Oh, and that, that just doesn't happen. I think at one point, somebody leaps in a kind of grapply style. Right. That's the closest <laughs> this thing gets to wrestling. It just doesn't work. None of this works. No, I, I would fo- focus on is... a lower number of characters at a time and kind of... Focus on characterization and less on antics. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like this show. They 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 had the base shell idea for the show, and then they just decided to shop around for characters to fill the show. And like, okay, what's in right now, lads? Wrestling. Okay, let's call up Vince McMahon. Let's get him on the phone. Let's let's get some licensing deals. Oh no, for WWF no, or something this like will that. have gone the other way. Vince McMahon will have. Um, Phoned up. Oh, fuck yeah, he would have done one too. Uh, phoned Andy up and said, I want a generic cartoon <laughs> to advertise my show. <laughs> How quickly. Why, Mr. McMahon? It's very good you called us. How quickly can you have it out? Tomorrow? Three Great. <laughs> <laughs> Three months till the first episode? Perfect. <laughs> oh, boy, uh, oh, boy. And it shows, by the way. The, the animation is terrible. <laughs> yes, yeah. You will. Be having a uh, screenshot or two in the article. Yeah. They're, they're something else. It's it's something else for sure. So, uh, speaking of how bad it is, 
where are we ranking this one? What do we reckon? We've mentioned Cadillac Cats a couple of times. Yeah, that's is this sitting at 11. Is this better or worse than Cadillac Cats? Fuck. I mean, oh, I don't know. On the one hand, it's not quite as distinct characteristically. No. On the other hand, it doesn't make us constantly question how the world works. No, there's definitely a Only set Only occasionally do we question how the world works. And honestly... This show had, like, the jokes didn't land very often, but there were definitely a couple of jokes which I laughed at. Yeah, There were definitely some good jokes in there. The timing on the animation goofs was occasionally correct. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so let's see. Better than Heathcliff. Okay. Okay. What about Where in the World is Common San Diego? Ooh, um, it's considerable... Mm. Not They're as, both quite boring. The, the animation isn't as nice as Carmen San Diego, but I they are both pretty boring. Cartoons. I would say that the scripting is definitely worse. Yes, though. yes. I mean, Carmen San Diego. At I least... mean, San, San Diego had a direction it was going in. Yeah, it had it had coherence. Yeah, it had a very preachy, uh, blatantly uh, educational coherence yes. that uh, was kind of boring and awkward. But it had coherence, whereas this just has, we put these characters into this situation, what's God, going to happen? I, I, honestly, I, Who cares? I think if Common San Diego didn't have Jim Cummings as chief, then it would be way down lower on our list. Um, Jim Cummings saves a lot of things, that, I think. That's true. A, a good voice actor in a good place can really accentuate a show. You need a goofy, fo- it did also, a goofy voice, get Jim Cummings on It phone. did also have time travel. And time travel antics save everything that isn't Gadget Boy. That's true. That's true. So, we didn't actually come to a conclusion there. Is it better than I Common or not? I think we say it's not as good as Common San Diego. Whew. Blimey. Okay. Would you agree? Yeah, let's do it. In at 11. In at 11. It is. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. So, unsurprisingly, um, coming straight before Cadillac Cats. <laughs> Ish. They were very much cut from the same cloth. Indeed, indeed. Uh, same era, same everything. Oof. At least there wasn't a movie that was literally just cut up clips of the TV show. Well, that's true. <laughs> Which they did. There may or may not have been a special that was, but I can't quite tell that because I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um. So, I guess that ends the episode. We yeah. are, as ever, the Deke Geeks. You can find us on uh, places you get podcasts. <laughs> For fuck's sake, have you really given up on this now? Uh, you can find us on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. You can probably find us on Google Podcasts. I doubt it. We're no, not on no, there. We're not on Google Podcasts. But, Podcast. I mean, hey, you can subscribe to us in RSS feed instead. We're not on Stitcher because Stitcher's shit. But, like, anywhere that grabs RSS feeds, you can probably get us on there. So, basically, just go to our website, mostlycobalds.com, that's mostlycobalds.com, to grab the RSS feed from our site and throw it into your podcatching software, as it were, whichever is your deal. Yep, we have an archive of all our stuff on there, so you can check that out. Including our old show, which we're partially ashamed of. Ah, uh, hey, we have to start somewhere. Exactly, exactly. Uh... 
But yeah. If, if you're you... feeling generous, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Indeed, indeed. Uh, which I believe one person has done, but yes. I hardly Thanks, ever Kent. see it because it was an American version. So I only see it when I'm using a, uh, a VPN. Yeah. Weird, that. But I mean, hey, um, also, like, tell your friends, give us a shout out and stuff like that. Spread the word that we exist because that's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> we like being told that we exist. It's rather reaffirming. But anyway, uh, if you want to hit us up and tell us anything, correct us on anything that we've said in any of the episodes, etc., etc., then please don't feel too bad about tweeting us at mostly kerbolds on twitter thank you very much and that about wraps it up for this episode so marcus tell me what is going on next week well next week kids like clowns right